Hello and welcome to this another edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. What if we did not have God's mercy? What if God did not have mercy upon us? You know, mercy in its widest definition is that is that we do not get what we deserve. And that is judgment, God's judgment, holy and righteous judgment upon our sins. But because of his mercy, as the as David says right here, as he writes in uh, Psalm 103, uh, especially the first uh, few verses, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Now listen to this. He tells us of the results of his mercy, God's mercy, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. And he says, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. But those first few benefits there, forgiveness of our iniquities. Uh, and we will get into that in a later broadcast. But we see the results of God's mercy is his forgiveness of our sins and our iniquities. Uh, and, and I want to go read verse 10 today. And this is a, the purpose of our message and where we draw this question from. What if we did not have God's mercy? And what if God did not shed his mercy upon us? It's the verse 10 says here in Psalm 103, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. What if God did not show mercy to the human race or mankind, may I say? What if he didn't? Consider it. Uh, what does the word of God tell us of his judgment? You know, the day of Christ's return, and I'm speaking of the return for the church, the all born again believers, uh, which is spoken of by the Apostle Paul and the word of God there in First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, especially chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, where the Paul, Paul speaks about uh, those that are uh, asleep in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be called up to meet him, them in the air, and there we will be with the Lord forevermore. And then he speaks again about it, and the Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I think it starts there about verse 50, on down through the end of the chapter, where the Apostle Paul again is writing as he is inspired by the Holy Spirit about that change that will happen in the moment in a twinkling of an eye when this mortal will put on immortality and this corruption will put on incorruptibility and we will be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. That means that at the very fraction of a second, uh, we're going to be called out of here. We're going to be snatched out. And that's all true born again believers. Those who have accepted Christ by faith uh, and and accepted the grace of God and the grace of God and the gospel has become a reality in their lives and in their hearts and they are living for the Lord and they are serving the Lord with Christ in their heart by the power of the Holy Spirit and his presence and person being in us, uh, we will be raptured out of here. And I know the word rapture is not in the word of God. People will argue down about that. But if you look at First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, the apostle Paul says, caught up. 
that that refers to a quick snatching out or a catching up. Uh, and that speaks of uh, the rapture. And where we draw that word rapture from is the Latin translation of that verse where they got they wrote the word raptuo, and that's where the early church adapted or adopted the word rapture from. But the the concept is there. It speaks to that quick snatching out. But my point is, God has not dealt with us according to our sins. So what, 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 what if we didn't have his mercy? And that's because of his mercy that he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Let's read just what, what the word of God tells us. And I would like to turn over to John chapter 3 for just a few moments for the words of Christ here. Let's look at John chapter 3. I'd like to start reading uh, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world. Now these are the words of Christ. God sent not his Son into the world, that the world but that, that the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Did you hear his words there? He said, For God sent not me into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Did you hear that? He who has not believed on me is condemned already. What does that mean? Condemnation. That speaks of eternal judgment. That speaks of an eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. And if you don't believe me, let's just look, okay, at the time when the church is raptured out. Let's look over here in chapter 6 of Revelation. I want to read some verses to you. And I want you to continue to think about that question that I asked. What if God, what if we didn't have God's mercy? What if he dealt with us after our sins? What if he rewarded us according to our iniquities? Well, let's look at the judgment that's going to fall upon a Christ-rejecting and sin-filled world after the church is raptured out. The Word of God tells us here in Revelation chapter 6, and I want you to bear with me, and I know we've got a, a good bit of Scripture to cover, but I think this message is, is fitting for today because I believe the return of Christ is not far away, and that is, that is the rapturing out of the church. John writes here, and this is what the Word of God says here in Revelation chapter 6, and he says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it was the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast saying, Come and see. And there went out another horse and that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, and lo, a black horse. 
and he that sat on him had the a pair of balance a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto him, given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little while, little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now listen to verse 12 down through the rest of the chapter. And this is where I'm going with this. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts off her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and the every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us! And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. The Lamb is none other than Jesus Christ, for this is the revelation, the unveiling of Christ. And this is the unveiling of God's judgment upon the sin-filled and Christ-rejecting world. He says, for the, for the great day of, the, of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Folks, if we did not have the mercy of God, this is the judgment that would come upon our sins. We must understand that Christ suffered this judgment upon himself on Calvary's cross that we might not have to suffer this kind of judgment upon our iniquities and upon our sins because of God's mercy he loved us so much that he sent his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life but what did Christ say he said, if you reject me, if you receive me not, you're condemned already. You're already condemned to the lake of fire for eternity. You're already condemned to hell because you are in your sins and you are in your iniquities. And the holy and righteous God must judge you according to that that's in your life that's not covered under the blood of the Lamb, which taketh away the sin of the world. 
Uh, Revelation, I would like to read a few verses here in Revelation chapter 14. And I want to read this to you. This is very important for our message. What if God dealt with us according to our sins? What if he rewarded us according to our iniquities? What if we did not have God's mercy? Listen. And this is verse 9 of Revelation chapter 14. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead and in his hand, in his hand, the same shall drink. I want you to listen to verse 10 and 11 closely here. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into a cup, into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. Who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his, of his name. You say, well, I don't have to accept Christ right now, and I'm pretty sure that I won't receive the mark of the beast, and I won't worship him. The Word of God tells us in 2 Thessalonians that the Apostle Paul writes that God is going to send great delusion upon all that are upon the earth, that they will believe that lie that the, that the false prophet and the beast are, are preaching in that time. And when he proclaims himself to be God himself and sits in the temple in Jerusalem, how men will worship him and receive his mark. Folks, judgment is coming, and judgment would be already upon us if it were not for, for the mercy of God uh, given to us in the person and presence of Christ, and if it were not for his cross. He paid this for us. He paid this sin debt. This is a debt that we owe to a holy, unrighteous God. His judgment was upon us. As Christ said, we're condemned already. And if we fail to receive him and we continue to reject him, we are under that penalty of condemnation and judgment. And the word of God is full of God's judgment upon those that would not humble themselves before him and accept him for who he is and what he's done in Christ and what he's done for mankind and loving us so much that he sent and gave his only begotten son to a world that did not deserve it. We did not deserve anything but hell. Do you understand that? You need to understand that today. If you have a question upon your heart, whether you need to receive Christ or not, you need to understand that you are under the penalty of judgment, under the penalty of your sin. The apostle Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me turn over right quick, and I'll close with this here in just a few minutes. But I want you to hear the final judgment. This is the final judgment of all those who reject Christ. Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 10. And the devil was th that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the false prophet... And the 
the Antichrist are there already, and Satan's been cast in. He says the beast and the false prophet, they're there, and Satan's been cast in there. This is the final judgment. John writes, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, listen closely, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You remember the whosoever in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does it say right here? And it speaks of those who reject Christ because their names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life. He says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. The second death, that is not only an eternity in the lake of fire, eternal, and that torment that that speaks of God's judgment being poured out, the indignation of his, his judgment being poured out without mixture. That means it's poured out without mercy, without grace, without love, without hope, without help. There's no return from this. This is the judgment that will be upon all those who reject Christ. But it would be the judgment that all of us would have suffered and be under right now if it were not for the wonderful, remarkable, marvelous mercy, grace, and love of Almighty God in sending his son to die on Calvary's cross to pay this penalty for us. Where would we be without the mercy of God? I tell you right now, according to the word of God, we would probably be in the lake of fire right now, eternally separated from God. Because if he didn't send his son, if he didn't love us enough to send his son, that means he would not have shed his mercy and poured out that endless fountain of God's mercy, uh, that endless fountain of his mercy upon us. And that he would, and because of his mercy, but because of his mercy, he hath not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to to our iniquities. Folks, Jesus Christ paid all of this sin debt for us on Calvary's cross. He suffered the death and he died the death. He suffered the judgment that you and I should have suffered and he died the death that we should have died. And it is only by his blood that we can be forgiven of our sins. Remember what David writes there, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. He's talking about the diseases of our soul. He's talking about iniquity. That word iniquity means to be bent or be twisted. That speaks of the worst that we could ever do. 
Because of God's mercy, he hath not dealt with us according to those things. He said, who saveth thy life from destruction? The Paul, Remember what Paul says there in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God. I don't know about you, but I praise God and I thank God for his remarkable mercy, his eternal mercy. And we will get into that in later messages, but his eternal mercy, because he said the mercy of the Lord is for everlasting to everlasting <laughs> upon those that fear him. If you will only humble yourself before Almighty God and accept him for who he is and what he's done in Christ and place your faith in Christ today. The Apostle Paul writes that, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation in Second Corinthians. I want to read this right quick and I'll close. Chapter 6, verse 2 of Second Corinthians. He said, for he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The day of salvation. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Repent of your sins and place your faith in him today. And be saved. Be secured and experience God's wonderful mercy in your life. Thank you so much for joining us today and look forward to the next time that we can share the word from the word of God. God bless.